Welcome to the Shoreline Community Church Podcast, a community of love, acceptance, forgiveness, and belonging. For more information, be sure to check us out online at shorelinecc.com. Today we are starting a brand new series. It's a new series, and it's part of the Immerse series. This is something that we launched several years ago. And the Immerse series is part of an initiative that we have to, um, to read through the entire Bible as a community to uh, as a community together. We've, we've gone through several parts of it, and today we're starting kingdoms. And if you haven't joined a group yet, it's not too late. Some groups started last week. Uh, some groups started this week. Um, if you go on the Church Center app, there's a whole bunch of groups in there. Or if you want to start your own micro group, you can just get two or three people together and go, do you want to go to Starbucks and talk about the Bible? There are guides that you can get if you go out as you're exiting today. There's some guides you can take, some reading guides, as well as it has just some very simple questions to go through and read the Bible together. It's so important. Uh, you can get with Pastor Kim. She'd love to uh, connect you with another group. But again, things happen when we read the Word of God and when we process and say, Lord, now, What are you saying to me, and how can I respond in obedience to you? Our lives are changed, and when our lives are changed through Jesus, the world around us are changed. How many of you are praying for that? So engage, engage with that. Make sure you find it. So today, this week, if you've been reading with us, we've been reading through the book of Joshua. I love the book of Joshua. When I was a kid, we had all these Sunday school songs with Joshua. We had all these action songs. There's so much in it, and it's part of what many have called uh, it's as being part two of God's greatest work of redemption in the Old Testament. If you've, if you've read through the beginning of the Bible, you remember that Moses led the people of God out of slavery in Egypt, and this is often referred to as the part one, and Moses was a part of God reestablishing his relationship with his people. And so now in part two, under Moses' successor Joshua, uh, we see that God is bringing his people into the promised land, a land that will be theirs to settle in, uh, to rebuild the nation, to rebuild their families, and to, uh, as they worship God together on the foundation of living for him. It's an amazing historical account, and it's important to recognize, when we read the Bible, we're not just reading bedtime stories. We are reading the historical record of what God has done, and it speaks to us today. It is the inspired word of God. It is so important. But here's what I want us to pay attention to today, because though there are many things in the book of Joshua that we could study in and have a lot of fun, the thing that I felt the Holy Spirit prompting me today is to remind us that all of this happened, all of these things took place because God made a promise. All of these things took place because God made a promise. See, this is a promise that goes all the way back to a promise that God made to Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, it says, The Lord said to Abram, who would later be named Abraham, Leave your native country, leave your relatives, leave your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. And then God made this promise. He said, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. And then he says, All the families on earth will be blessed through you. <laughs> wow, what an amazing promise. But the key word in this is when is, is the word I, meaning God. See, all this is made possible because of God's promise and because of Abraham's answer, which was yes. Yes, I hear you, God. Yes, I will follow you, God. Because, see, God didn't call Abraham because 
he was a perfect person. We did a series on this uh, several years ago. God called out Abraham while well, he was he was pretty he was pretty messed up. <laughs> there were still some things going on in his life that were yet to conform to God. But God gave this invitation. And today as we look at the, at the book of Joshua, we, we see that God is doing this similar thing to Joshua where God, he's preparing him to be a part of fulfilling this promise by making a promise to him. So let's look at Joshua chapter 1 together. Joshua chapter 1. It says, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. And I love this, these words in verse 6 when it says, Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. And he says again, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Once again, what what do you say? Read this together. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. Can we pray together? Lord, I pray that we would hear those words from you today. Because God, I believe that those are not just words that you spoke to Abraham, that you spoke to Moses, and you spoke to Joshua. But Lord, these are words that you speak to all of those who would say, speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Yes, my answer to you is yes, God. So God, as we just spend some moments here together, help us to hear your voice. Help us to hear the promises that you are making that we would not miss it, we wouldn't be confused by all the things that are swirling around us, but we would lift our eyes to you, the author and the perfecter of our faith, the finisher of all things, as we lean into your promises today. And everyone said together, amen, amen. So let's look at the promises of God together. See, promises are very important. But promises to us are often suspect. How many someone's ever made a promise to you then they broke it, Right? A promise to be there, and you're like, they're not going to show up. <laughs> Meet me at the movie at 10 o'clock, not going to happen. So, you know, because around us, we know that the promise, it's only as good as the one making the promise. And be, be, before we start talking about all the other people have broken promises, how many would be as bold to say, I've broken a promise before? All right, so there's a few honest people here today. See, the promise is only as good as the one who's making the promise, and and humans are fallible. We are fallible. We have weaknesses. We have limitations. And there are things that come up that we cannot foresee and plan for, right? There's sometimes, and there's sometimes with good intentions, we promise to do something, but then something happened. Something came up. And, you know, and as, as a result, we weren't able to do what we said we would do. And we've all been there, right? But it's important for us to remember that God is not like us. 
God is not like us. And a lot of times when we look at things, when we analyze things, we try to lay our own experience over it or we try to compare God to us. But the Bible says, to whom will you compare God? There is no one like him. God is not like us because, see, unlike us, God, he knows all, he sees all, he's all-powerful, he has no limitations, nothing is hidden from his view. So when God makes a promise, he's already seen everything and he's already planned for everything. Every contingency has been worked out and brought into account. That's why the Bible says that all of his promises are what? They're yes and amen in Jesus. He's seen everything. He's gone before us. And a lot of times we just need to have the faith to walk into it, recognizing he sees everything, he knows everything, and he loves you. And he's with you. He's made all these promises to us. And see, promises are so important because promises with God are like a contract, meaning that we can count on it. Promises are often, it's it's one of the ways that God, he communicates his commitment to us. He's saying, I'm so committed to you that I'm making this promise to you. I'm making it to you. He's communicating his commitment to us as well as to provide an opportunity for us to engage in relationship with him. Because when we engage in his promises, we're engaging with the almighty God, the maker of heaven and earth. But as we look at these promises, I think it's also important to recognize that there are two types of promises, right? There's, there's conditional promises, but we also see in scripture unconditional promises as well. See, unconditional promises, these are the promises that the fulfillment rests solely with God. What this means is that no matter what you do, the promise is intact. One of these promises is in Genesis 9-11 when God promised to never again destroy the earth with a flood. This is a promise that God made that no matter what you do, he will never again destroy the entire earth with a flood. And see, I've made promises like this to my kids, I don't have the power of flood, but I've made an unconditional promise to my kids that no matter what they do, what? I will always love you. I will always help you. I will always be there with you and train them to the very best of my ability. See, this is a promise that it's not contingent on how they respond, right? And it's often a promise that, especially during the growing years, is a promise that I made in spite of how they respond. (laughs) And we've all done the same thing. I look back and I'm like, man... Mom and dad had a lot of reasons to not fulfill some of their promises with me, but thank God that they did. See, those are unconditional promises. No matter what you do, I'm with you. But we also see in the Bible, we, we see these contingent, con, uh, conditional promises. These are promises where the fulfillment of the promise is contingent on how we respond. These are the if-then, right? If you do this, then this will happen. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29 says this. It says, But if from there you will seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart. So there's this promise that if you seek him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you will find him. But there's a responsibility on our part. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, uh, Jesus, he addresses the the problem of worry by saying, don't worry about these things, saying what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear. He said, these things dominate thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. And then there's this promise. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Some versions say, seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. Everything that you need. See, this is one of the big promises in the Bible that place God first, seek him first, and you'll have everything that you need. Now, not everything that you want, right? 
It doesn't mean you're going to get that new iPhone, that new iPad, that new whatever. But everything that you need. See, these are promises that reveal some of the big principles in life. I mean, this is how life works. And I've made promises like that to, to my kids, right? If you work hard, if you study hard, if you do the small things in life, like make your bed every day, you know, if you, if you get these disciplines in your life, then you're laying a good foundation for a healthy and productive life. These are conditional promises. And this was the promise that was made to Joshua. See, Joshua's promise, it was a conditional promise. And this is the same promise that was made to Moses and the children of Israel. And it was, it was simply this. If you obey me, you will be successful. In other words, success equals obedience. If you want a good plan, a good metric, something to break it down, this is what I, this is what I often think about. I say this to my kids, and I say this to as many people as I can, that success is obedience to God. Very simply, success equals obedience to God. See, this is how we measure success. And this is what was spoken to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 through 8. When, he, when, when God said, be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Because then it says, then you will be what? Successful. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. See, this is the great discipleship lesson. If you've been around it, you know that we're all about what Jesus told us to do, which is to go and make disciples. And this is the great lesson. Success is found in obeying God. Our success is found simply in obeying God. This is how we measure success. You know, as I was thinking about this, I was reminded of how Dr. R.T. Kendall describes spirituality, and, and I love this quote from one of his books. Dr. R.T. Kendall said, I would define spirituality as the time gap between sin and repentance. Isn't that good? In other words, how long does it take before you realize or admit that you sinned, that you were wrong? See, this is the gap that we're talking about. I remember when I was a kid first, you know, you know, discovering the Lord and walking out, that there were things that I would do and I would do, do wrong, right? My mom and, would say, mom and dad would come up to me and say, did you do that? I'm like, no, no, I didn't do that. Did you do that? No. And sometimes weeks, sometimes even months would go by. And then finally, it would just be, I need to come forward and say, hey, I'm sorry. Please forgive me for this. The gap when I was younger was like this. But now as we have grown, how many of you, you've done something wrong, you've sinned before the Lord, and in that moment you went, Jesus, please forgive me. See, confession is a normal, healthy part of every believer's life because we're tempted along the way and there's times that we give in to that and we say, Lord, help me. Because God's charted a course for us. And like I mentioned uh, several week, weeks ago, is that it's so important to stay on that trajectory because as we know, if a flight is taking off from L.A. going to New York City, if it, if it gets off by just one degree, just, there's just one change that takes place, one, one degree, what's going to happen is that as they go along, instead of ending up in New York City, they're going to end up in Washington, D.C. And if they keep going, you see how that gap broadens. That's why it's so important when we're following the Lord that that confession, it's a realignment. Jesus, bring me back. Jesus, bring me back. How many pray that every day like me, right? Jesus, bring me back, right? Bring me back. Take me back, God. 
See, when you look at the great battles that were won, the times of great human triumph in Scripture, you can always, always draw a direct line to that person's obedience to God. Even when they got off, when they started obeying God, it was a direct line back to the promise that God has. That's why 1 Samuel 15 says, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifice or your obedience to his voice? It said, listen, obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than the offering the fat of rams. See, Scripture, it's, it's addressing this tendency that we have to just pay things off, right? We're going to buy now and pay later. It's that, it's that, whole, that, it's that false notion that maybe you've heard before where it's, it's easier to get forgiveness than permission. Have you heard that before? Or maybe when you were younger, right, you're going, you know what, I want to do this. I know if I ask the person in charge, they're not going to let me do it, so I'm just going to do it. Anyway, because I know Dwayne's a nice guy and he'll just forgive me for it. Right? See, the danger in this is, is this is a world where we are self-centered instead of God-centered. And being self-centered is very dangerous to yourself as well as to those around us. That's why a self-centered person is often referred to as being very immature. And to put that in another context, a self-centered dad is often referred to as dysfunctional or even toxic. See, being self-centered will destroy us and will destroy those around us. This is not what God has called us to. God is calling us into his plan, a plan filled with his promises, giving us an opportunity to live a life for God that is filled with his power, filled with his wisdom, and to be a part of reconciling the world back to him. But it begins with obedience, where we lay hold of the promises of God that are directly connected to obeying him. I mean, who wouldn't want to be a part of this? This is what discipleship is, walking completely surrendered to the ways of Jesus. This is where we are transformed, and the transformation enables us to do what God is calling us to do. And it begins with seeing the promise and recognizing that obedience, obeying God. So how do we obey God? Well, obedience to God, it requires the knowledge of God, right? Right? Faith cometh by what? Hearing. It's hearing the word of God in our life. That's, that's why it was spoken to Joshua. Joshua, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then you will prosper and succeed in all of you do. This made me think about one of my favorite authors, which is A.W. Tozer. Have you heard of that guy before? A.W. Tozer, right? I love, love A.W. Tozer. He says the essence of idolatry is the entertainment of thoughts about God that are unworthy of him. See, one of the greatest challenges that I hear from new believers as well as those who have walked with God for quite a while is they'll ask, how do you hear God? Or they'll go through difficult times and go, boy, I'm having a hard time hearing God right now. How do we hear God? Well, one of the keys to hearing God is recognizing his voice. See, God is speaking. I love what it says in Psalm 19. In Psalm 19, David sings about how God's voice, how it goes throughout the whole earth, about how creation testifies to the greatness of God and how day and night creation, it just, it pours forth speech. God is speaking. God is displaying who he is. So why don't we hear it? Well, I think a lot of times we don't hear it because we're not looking for it. See, we hear what we've been conditioned to hear. God gave you an ear. God gave me an ear to hear his voice. But we have the choice into how are we going to condition it. Let me give you an example. See, 
One of my, if you were here last week, you know that um, the, the board gave me a gift for, uh, for my five-year anniversary as lead pastor here by giving me a gift certificate, thank you, by giving me a gift certificate <laughs> to, uh, to Jazz Alley. Okay, Jazz Alley, one of the greatest things in Seattle, and the Kraken. See, I love jazz, and I, I love it so much that if, uh, like, when the kids wake up in my house, what are we listening to? We're listening to jazz, right? Alexa, play Bill Charlotte trio. Alexa, play Bill Evans trio. Alexa, it just depends how I'm feeling. I listen to jazz so much. I've studied it so much. I've bought transcriptions of their music where it's written out. I've tried to play it. Not as good as them, but good for me. And I love it so much that when I hear a song, I can tell you immediately if that was Bill Evans. I can tell you immediately, was that Bill Charlop? Was that Oscar Peterson? Even if it's a song that I'm not familiar with, if they're playing it, I can tell you what that is. Why is it? Because I've listened to jazz so much, I've studied it. I've, it's, in, it's in my Spotify, it's, 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 it's there. I just, when it, when, as soon as it begins, I know it. I know their style, I know their phrasing, I know how the different ones, how they do the chords and how they come it in. And I could geek out on that forever. But see, I can also do this with other things that I love. I know the voice of my kids when they call. I know Stephanie's voice. I know my dad's voice. I know the voices of those that I listen to a lot. I can tell you my wife's voice, whether she's speaking or singing, because I love it. I love her. See, this is the principle that God has made us, that whatever we are shaped by, whatever we listen to, whatever we love, it affects us where we hear it. This is how God made us. We're, we are shaped by whatever we love, whatever we really love. Not what we just say we love, right? We can say we love anything. But the things that we really love, that we care about, these are the things that shape us. In other words, whatever we listen to shapes us. Everything affects us. Nothing is benign. I've heard so many people say, yeah, I listen to it, but that doesn't really affect me. Or, hey, I watch that, that doesn't really affect me. Everything. You were made to be affected by things. See, what we allow ourselves to think about, what we allow ourselves to speak, what we allow ourselves to watch, all these things, they affect you. And see, sometimes we struggle to hear God because we've allowed our ear to be shaped to hear those things. There are even times in my life, as, 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 as great as jazz is, and I believe Jesus loves jazz, okay? But there are times in my life I've been convicted. Dwayne, are, are, are you listening to jazz more than you're listening to Jesus? You can recognize Bill Evans. Do you recognize the voice of Jesus talking to you when you're on the bus or when you're going through the street or when you're talking to your kids or when you're speaking? At, what do you... Are you spending that much time with it? See, we're shaped so much by it. That's why Jesus said that the greatest commandment is what? The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. See, one of the reasons I believe that Jesus said this is the greatest commandment because loving and obeying God shapes our ear to hear God. And conversely, if you love something else, you're being shaped to hear that. You can't hear everything. How's it going to be shaped? 
That's why I said to Joshua, you know, meditate on the word, study the word, know the word. The, the more that we study God's word, meditating on it, memorizing it, the more that we will know his voice because it's inside of us. And the more that we obey God, the more that we align our life with God, the more we will know and hear his voice. Sometimes we struggle just hearing God's voice because we're not spending time with it. We don't know his voice. We know everything else, but we don't know his voice. The more that we speak the word of God to others, the more we will know and hear his voice as we're speaking it out. We know because now we're echoing the voice of God that he's written down for us. When we echo that, it changes us. See, this is true in everything in life. We're affected by what we speak. That's why speech is so important. And we're often fooled into thinking it doesn't matter what I say. It matters. All right, talk to any counselor. You know that counselors are fully booked right now? Just with all the stuff from COVID, all the things that has come up, and I thank God for counselors, but it's hard to get in with somebody now because of all the things that were spoken, all the things that were put on social media, all the things that have happened, the relationship things, over words that were spoken. Am I speaking truth to anybody? Right? Am I the only sensitive person in the room? <laughs> You're all sensitive. Okay. These things affect us. These things affect us. See, I found this to be true in music. I found this to be true in every area of my life. Whatever I practice, I know. I can go off into classical music. I know Chopin, even if I've never heard. That's a classical artist. We know the things that we listen to. This is, how, this is how God made us for him. And this is why for Joshua, on the edge of fulfilling and receiving the promise of God for himself and for the entire nation of Israel, God's looking at him because he's recognized, you need to hear my voice. Okay, this is the promise. This is part two. Moses had the opportunity to do this, but because of the rebellion of the children of Israel, they had to circle for 40 years. Moses couldn't even go into the promised land, and now he's looking at Joshua saying, Joshua, be careful. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them. Don't go to the right, don't go to the left. And then God says, then you will be successful in everything that you do. Why? Because the word of the Lord is in you. That power is in you. You're aligned with God. You're walking with God. And you will be successful in everything you do because you're following God. You're following his way, his purpose. Study the book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper in all that you do. See, this is the love of God. A lot of times we think all these laws and all these rules, they're meant just to constrict us. They're made to give you freedom. Everything else in this life, the ways of the world will lead to death, but God's word, it brings life. It brings healing. See, God loves us so much that he doesn't want us to miss what he has in store. Things that the Bible says, no eye has seen, no ears heard, no mind has even imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. You can't even imagine it. You can't even imagine it. So as the worship team comes today and as we respond to this word, because we don't want to walk away with it allowing it to penetrate us. The Bible calls that, that person a fool, right? A fool who hears the word but just walks away from it. It's like, no, we need to engage with it. 
I invite you just to close your eyes and just to ask the Lord. God, how am I doing at listening to your voice today? See, how you answer this question and how you respond to the answer is going to determine so much of what lays in front of you. Sometimes we, we ask God, why am I wandering? Why? I feel like I'm in a wilderness here. And sometimes God's saying, are you listening to my voice? So ask yourself, how am I doing it hearing God's voice? Is, is it clear? Is it confusing? Or is God's voice, is it missing? Mm. And of course, the follow-up to that is a question. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. What is shaping my ear? Is God shaping my ear? Or is it something else? Because see, the beauty of God is that there are times that he will penetrate in and the gift of the Holy Spirit will come in to give us discernment and speak to us that there have been times that even when we're going off astray, the Holy Spirit intervenes and says, I want to speak to this. You're struggling because of this. Now keep in mind, Satan will condemn you to destroy you. The Holy Spirit convicts to say, bring up, you're heading for New York City, but right now you're going to end up in Florida. <laughs> Let's get back on track. That loving response. And so ask yourself, what needs to be, are there things that need to be removed, even good things? Are there things that are getting in the way of you hearing God's voice? And also ask yourself, are there things that need to be added? Am I spending time in God's word? Am I, am I getting with other believers who can help me and encourage me and pray with me? We're, we're just, we're processing these things. We're, we're talking about depth of God or the difficult things what needs to be added you know when we think about obedience equals success ask yourself God where do I need to walk in, in greater obedience today these are loving things it's like a player that looks at the coach and is like coach I want to I, I do well where do I need to change where do I need to adapt where do I need to what do I need to do what needs to change in my life See, these, these types of questions, they move beyond, you know, am I going to spend eternity in heaven or am I going to spend eternity in hell? This moves beyond, God, I want to live every day. I want to make the most of every opportunity. I want to, as I'm walking down the street, hear your voice that says, go over and talk to that person right now. Give a dollar to that person on the corner and have a conversation. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. What, what, what does it mean? Where do I need to walk in greater obedience? Amen. Can we all stand together today? Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening today. Lord, I pray that in these moments right now, Lord, as we've heard your word, let it be applied to our heart. God, that we wouldn't just walk away, that we wouldn't look in the mirror and ignore what we're seeing, but that we would respond in obedience to you. You are a loving and gracious God. You come in truth, but... You come in grace first. So Lord, help us to respond so that we can lay hold of the promises of God, I pray. In your name, in your name, amen. Don't, don't rush out of this place today. Take, take some time to respond. We have wonderful people down here. They've been praying already for you.
You need to speak it out. If you'd like someone to pray for you, just come forward. They'd love to pray for you. Or maybe you came with somebody and you just want to turn to them and say, man, would you pray for me? <laughs> this is an area that I need somebody to pray for. You want to walk to somebody else in the room, whatever that looks like. But let's respond in some way. I don't want to miss the Lord. Do you? <laughs> I don't want to miss the Lord. So Lord, help us now to respond in obedience to you. In Jesus' name. That's our prayer. Lord, not my will, but yours be done in everything. Amen. My prayer is that as you respond to this, that you would take this with you. Again, if you're feeling condemnation, that's not God, right? We know that. If you are feeling condemned, that's not God. That's the voice of the enemy trying to put you down. The voice of the Father convicts and says, come back here. Just like you would with a child. I love you. You're going the wrong way. Come back in. Amen. So, Lord, that's our prayer. May we recognize your voice. Lord, may we be filled with your power. You promised us that you would speak to us the wisdom that we need, Lord, the direction that we need, the strength that we need, and you would give us the provision that we need in every situation. So it would help us as we walk. We walk by faith, not by sight. We trust your voice in all things. Do your work in us. We pray. And everyone said together, amen, amen. These wonderful prayer team people, if you want to come up for prayer, they're going to stay here. They would love to pray with you. Make sure you do that. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being here today. Amen, amen, and amen. Let's say this prayer together. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. 